Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi there. We're back again, and it's always good to sit and actually reflect on our week. We have not been on the road as much this week because we have been on the grandchildren. Um, We actually put our grandchildren on the road. The last batch just left from the airport one hour ago. And we're a little oh, bit we're giddy. So, we're, we, feeling so, we're feeling so relaxed. We feel like wet noodles now. We're just so relaxed. We're just, uh, after six weeks of grandkids coming out the ears, we love them all. We love every single minute of it. We wouldn't change a single thing, but whew, it's kind of restful right now, isn't it, Linda? Oh, man, it sure is. Now, I would have maybe changed a couple of temper tantrums. And I have to say that parenting is different in this modern world than when we were raising our children because we, I mean, I don't know about you, well, I kind of know about you, but for me, I had no tolerance for temper tantrums. If there was a temper tantrum, that child was out of the room, out of the way, and it was just crazy. And actually, I have had a crazy week with one particular little four-year-old who thinks she has to have what she wants immediately, no matter where we are or what we're doing. So um, I finally did uh, stop the car as we were on a little journey, took her out of the car, set her on the side of the road, well, and some nice grass, actually, and I said, you know what, (laughs) we're going to sit right here by you in the car, but you cannot get back in the car until you are going to not cry or scream or yell or anything like that. When you want to be a good girl and get back in the car, then tell me about it. So it took her about 10 minutes sitting there crying for the first five and then she calmed down and then she got in the car and she was a perfect angel all the way home. So I don't know. The lesson there, there, parents, is that sometimes um, you can have a little too much tolerance for, for some of your kids. And I I don't mean that we have to be, um, we're not in the overbearing sort of parenting with drastic discipline measures, but I'll tell you what, one little phrase that I think parents have to remember, especially uh, with kids of certain ages, is, is this phrase, the correct response to outrageous behavior is outrage. Oh, no, 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 well, I don't think I'd well, go wait, that Wait, 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 let, 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 me, let me explain. What I'm saying is I don't think that, uh, you know, the, the, the goal of never, ever getting angry with a child is probably not a great goal because although I will say most parents get angry with their children too much, and so if you're going to err, err toward the side of not getting angry. But every once in a while when a child is really behaving outrageously, they need to know, maybe firm is a better word than anger, but they need to know that that is not acceptable and you are not going to tolerate it. And you, you, you really taught me that, Linda. I mean, I had a longer, I, I had a longer fuse than you did when our kids were little. You, you, and they still say today, you know, Linda may be a pleasant woman who everyone thinks is nice to everyone, but she has a hard side. <laughs> well, I did write a book called I Didn't Plan to Be a Witch, you know, when all the kids were home because I didn't really plan it. But uh, And I kept saying, well, you know, I have genetics. I have a grandpa that had a temper and so on and so on. 
And I have to say, I did learn through the years to temper my temper, but I really do have a short fuse when it comes to outrageous behavior. And I just had two or three incidents with this little child, and I had to let her know that I was not happy with what she was doing and that it was impossible that she could have what she wanted at the moment. And I think she understands that. She came up smiling and adoring me as, <clears throat> as I left in the airport today. So I think it's sometimes really good for kids to know exactly where their boundaries are. And even if parents have infinite patience, which this particular mother does, um, although she has been known to freak out also. <laughs> and yeah. so um, maybe that is where the kids kind of got a foundation for that, But which is true in all of our cases. I mean, I've always said... You know, when you get angry and you lose control with your kids, all you're teaching them is how to lose control with their kids. So, I mean, losing control is not what we're talking about, but being in control and understanding that there are boundaries is so important. It really is. And, you know, it's an interesting time of year to reflect a little bit on your own parenting style. I mean, we're coming... I hate to say it, but we're coming to the end of the summer. It, it didn't used to be so. I, I kind of still. Oh, I'm, I'm a throwback, I guess, or a dinosaur. But I liked it when summer vacations were June, July, and August. And now kids are going back to school. To, three of our grandkids, we just got off the phone, are starting school today, and several of them start in Hawaii. Next week. So, yeah. So yeah, the and actually, just, we have. We have kids in Arizona who are starting on Wednesday. And so, I mean, it really is just about over. And then we have mothers in our old neighborhood, uh, which is Indian Hills Elementary, and they are going at the end of August. Then there are those that start that do start after Labor Day. But there are mothers that are just, you know, absolutely chomping at the bit. Please let the days go faster so I can get my kids out of my hair. And then there are other mothers like, oh, I hate to send my kids back to school. I've had so much fun having control over my life and and being able to do things with them without a lot of interruption with homework and those kinds of things. So it depends on your parenting style. It is a good time, I think, to look back and think about your parenting style. Well, it's a good time to set goals, too. You know, it really, when you're a, a family with a lot of children, school-age children, setting yearly goals or making New Year's resolutions on New Year's Day, frankly, doesn't make as much sense as setting goals for the school year because that's the time, that's the natural break in the rhythm in families with school-age kids. And, and we like to kind of do an assessment around this time of year. What are we going to do next year that's different? How are we going to solve some of the things that are not going as well as we'd like in our family. It's a wonderful discussion to have with your spouse if you're lucky enough to be a two-parent family. If you're a single parent, you might want to try it with one of the kids' grand grandparents. Go out to dinner, uh, spend a whole evening. What are, we, what are we hoping to do this coming year with our family? Where do we want to improve? What are the goals we have? What are the, how are we going to measure how well our family is doing during this coming year. Spending a good evening thinking about that, bringing along a notebook, making some notes, thinking hard about it, it really pays dividends. You know, a lot of our daughters and a lot of you 
follow, uh, a lot of you listeners follow a couple of our daughters who have really amazing mommy blogs, 71toes.com and powerofmoms.com. But a lot of you parents know that, uh, that, that a big word in our family is deliberate, being a deliberate parent, being a parent who, another word for it is proactive, being, being a parent who says, what am I trying to do? What are my goals this year for the kids? How do I want to improve? Where are the things that we should be doing better on? And you be, become proactive. There's just too much reactive parenting. It's like it's as though we're just saying, hey, I, I just, uh, uh, nothing's too bad today. I hope I can get through it. And maybe tomorrow, nothing bad will happen then either. And uh, if something does happen, I hope I can figure out how to solve it. That's just not a very good way to live life, whether you're talking about your profession or your parenting. So take the occasion, go to dinner with your spouse or with a grandparent, figure out what your goals are for the year ahead, and I think it will pay very, very big dividends. Actually, if you want to see something that is absolutely hysterical, and we may have mentioned this last week, but now Shawnee has this up on her blog, which is the71toes.com. Um, go to her blog and within the last couple of uh, posts, she has a video posted of Richard who videotaped himself talking about As a about young father, money. as a young father who was just trying to do his best. And you're making fun of me here. I'm kind of feeling Oh, no, no, no. Did you see the comments on there? People absolutely loved it. It was so funny to see because it was all about deliberate parenting, whether it was right or wrong. We showed this. Uh, we have a son who's a, a guru on taking old uh, video and putting it digital. And so he showed it one night at the reunion. It was just the adults. And honestly, we were rolling on the floor. It was so funny because it's you weren't exactly laughing. We you were not. You were, you were not laughing with me. You were laughing at me. All of you were laughing at me. Well, we were because it was so funny. I mean, really, we were not only laughing, we were crying. We were laughing so hard we were crying because, well, one of the main reasons was that, you know, you were really so, you were so deliberate that you were telling parents, I mean, you were telling your kids the system that we had set up and you were like, we did this and we, this was your system. <laughs> And it was so funny because it's exactly what we tell parents not to do now. Like, this is something for points, and you get so many points off if you yell at dinner, and you get so many half a point off if your kid does this. Honestly, if you just really want to be entertained, go to that. But it really, it is a great example of how hard you try to be a great father. And at the end, it shows a whole pile of little boys coming in on top of you and getting tickled, and everybody is screaming with laughter. So it is kind of worth watching. But, you know, we're going to take a little break now, but I think we'll come back. Oh, wait, and wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Before we take a little break, Kenny, I got a little surprise for you. We got a, we got a surprise for you listeners in the second half of the show. There's There's actually an amazing thing happening this week, which is quite disturbing. And it's the cover of Time Magazine. The cover of Time Magazine, I'm looking at it now, says, The Child-Free Life. And the subtitle is, When Having It All Means Not Having Children. 
It's pretty shocking, some of the things that we can read this week in Time magazine. I'm going to share a couple of my concerns about it when we come back from the break. And I don't think you've seen this article, Linda, so you can be sort of like one of the listeners hearing what some of these shocking things are and responding to them. And well, you can we've... maybe, you out there listening can, can see what your responses would be. So during the break, think about it. Is a child-free life the way to have it all? We'll let you know our thoughts and the thoughts of Time Magazine right after this break. Hey, here we are back again after the break. Richard and Linda Iyer on Iyer's on the Road. And I threw Linda a bit of a curve there. Um, we name we give these shows a name every week, and uh, the name that Linda had picked out for this show was Controls and Goals, and she, I'm just repenting and apologizing here, Linda, she wants to get into some ways, techniques for helping you to set family goals, and so we'll get right back to that for a minute, but I just need to vent here for a second about this uh, Time Magazine article, The Child-Free Life, When Having It All Means Not Having Children, the cover story. And the issue is really a build around a Pew Research study uh, that, that shows the falling fertility rate. It's falling quite dramatically. Um, one in five American women now end their childbearing years maternity-free, having never been pregnant, never had a child whereas that number was one in 10 in the 1970s. So twice as many women are now choosing not to have children uh, as, as were a few years ago. Now, it, it's, it, it's, the, it's the implication that is most troubling. Let me just give you a little more. Evolutionary psychologists tell us that wanting offspring is hardwired, but for most of us, the decision to have a child is immensely personal. And so... You, you you have to ask this question, is being child-free a selfish thing or not? And so the poll had five questions that were quite interesting. Number one, do you think people are selfish for choosing not to have children? 91% said no, they're not selfish. Uh, are women without kids being left out of the conversation about careers and work-life balance? 56% say yes. In other words, women are getting penalized whether they have kids or not because there's a, a mommy track that women get put on. Having kids bring you happiness. Um, 25% say yes. 37% say unhappiness. And 37% say having kids brings less happiness in the short term fulfillment in the long term. Linda, I take serious issue with that. I think people that have kids are vastly happier than people that don't have kids. Now, you may be out there scrambling around disagreeing with me on a lot of things, but I, I want to define happiness. Happiness isn't pleasant, trouble-free days. If it was, then surely kids do not bring happiness. Happiness, in my view, for what it's worth, is learning experiences, challenges, moments of despair and moments of joy, the full range of emotions. 
Without kids, I think there are a lot of emotions that parents never feel. Now, just a couple more, and then your comments, Linda. Is the declining birth rate good for American society? 33% say yes. Bad for American society? 12% say bad. Neither 55%. Well, again, I'm going to disagree. I think declining birth rate is terrible for American society. We're going to find we don't have a workforce. We're going to find we can't compete in the world if our fertility and birth rate keeps declining. And finally, the last question, should people without kids be given tax breaks and workplace leave to make up for benefits given to parents? (laughs) And 66%, two-thirds say yes, you should get a tax break for not having a child. Now, to me, that is absurd. I mean, wow. if anything, if anything, the tax breaks and the child exemption uh, tax deduction should be increased because of the benefit that a parent who raises a good child gives to the economy. The raw material of our economy is people, and parents who raise kids save the government and save society an enormous amount of money, and put into the society people who make the economy run. So I'm sorry, the majority of people and I are sharply divided on this poll. And not only that, the majority of people who work for Time Magazine and I are diametrically opposed when you define the child-free life as having it all. The child-free life is having nothing. Now, I've said it, Linda. You can <laughs> you can go from there. Well, you don't have to be careful what you say. I always have to watch Richard because he just kind of falls off a cliff sometimes. I mean, some people are child-free not by their own choice. I mean, they would that's love what to have this a is child about. more than I, I, anything that, in the world. But, but that's but, not what this is about. This is about chosen childlessness. All right, but let me also say that you uh, picked up on those, just because you're angry about this, because <laughs> you picked up on those statistics and it said you know is 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 the u.s better off uh, because the birth rate is going down 33 percent said yes well 67 percent said no we still haven't no 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 we're saying no 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 sorry yes is the decline birth rate good for american society the declining birth rate a third say yes 55% 55% say neither, it's not good or bad, and only 12% say the declining birth rate is bad for American society. Well, I want to tell you, I'm in that 12%. Well, we are. It is, it is very bad for, for American economy. So I, anyway, I'll try to get over it, but I'm pretty mad right now. Linda, well, you want to I swing did. back to the positive stuff about setting goals with kids? <laughs> I, I don't think we ought to get over it. I think that uh, we should be a voice for saying how sad life is without children. I mean, we don't know. People say, how would you know? You have nine. I mean, you know, how can you judge? And, and of course, you know, we can't judge. But for us, for my sister who lost her husband at 57, who had seven grown children who have rallied around her and made her life full, and full of love and full of concern and so on. When I think of those people, when I think of people in Japan, I mean in China with one child, and if that child is 
not a caring child, how are we going to take care of this aging population? I mean, there are so many things that we're adamant about on this subject, and I think probably our listeners would mostly agree with us because it is a very sad thing to think about life without children. I mean, obviously we're a bit prejudiced, but I can't think of a sadder thing. And now well, that I've said that's how that, I feel too. I mean, I just uh, again, and we're, we want to be sensitive. There are a lot of people who are, are not able to have children and wish they could some adopt, and it works out wonderfully in many cases. Although it's a difficult challenge faced with elements and issues that are often not there with birth children, but you know, it is it is really interesting. And by the way, we are, we happen to belong to a religion that believes that those who don't have a chance to have children in this life will have a chance later on. In other words, we we choose to believe that no one will be denied eternally the possibility of being a mother or a father. And we think that it is essential in our growth and development. And I mean, I, I can only speak for myself. I can't imagine um, the kind of person I'd be if I'd never had children. My children have I'm still a slob, as Linda knows. I'm still a selfish person. I still have a lot of personality and character flaws. But can you even imagine how bad they would be, Linda, without the sort of refining fire of being a parent and learning from the process of trying to raise children? I mean, patience alone. I have. I don't have enough now, but if I hadn't had children, I don't think I'd have any. I mean, there's so many things that I owe my children. When I think of the balance sheet, what have I given my children and what have they given me, I think I'm way ahead of them. I think they've given me far more than I've given them. Well, I always say that motherhood is a refiner's fire because it truly is. I mean, you feel like you're in the fire most of the time, but you come out a finer person because of what you learn, and I think that's what you're saying. But let's um, just wrap up the show a little bit with just a little um, uh, a couple of suggestions on how to help your children set school year goals. We do love sitting our kids down the first of every school year and having them write. They have them in three categories, my academic goals, my extracurricular goals, and my character goals. And then have them just sit and write four or five items in each thing that they want to accomplish that year. Then you give them ownership of their goals. And you, when you sit down and say, now this year we want straight A's, we will not, you know, you are a smart child. You just, you know, figure out how to get those straight A's. That's just not the way to do it. You have to have them sit down, figure out what their classes are and how they want to accomplish what they want to do. Sometimes if they say they want to just get a B, you have to swallow hard and say, let's talk about it. And if that's sincerely what they think they can do, and sometimes it is the best they can do, then accept that. But it is so important to turn the ownership of the goals over to the kids. Now, and we're, and, and by the way, that's, that's a different thing than what we were saying earlier in the show, and we want to c- couple them together as we close out today. Number one, set some goals yourself as a parent or as parents and decide what it is you want to do for your kids that year and what you hope to see them accomplish and what you want to do within your family, what things you want, want to improve and so on. And then once you really feel like you've got a handle as an adult, as a parent, on your goals for the coming school year, 
that's the time to say, and by the way, one of the motivations for kids is to explain to them that goal setting, especially yearly goal setting, is a very beneficial and a very adult thing to do. And you want to be able to say, I've set some goals for our family this year. I want to share them with you. And I'd like, if you think you're ready for it, young eight-year-old or whatever, I'd like to see if you maybe want to set some goals for your school year. There's nothing like showing them what you've done to get them excited about it. And then, as Linda says, help them to have three or four categories. To Don't try to do this all in one night. Maybe do it in a family home evening and a week later. Look at it again. How are you coming on your goals? What do you think is important this year? And once they have, you got to be patient because, like like you said, Linda, if you set the goal for them, it's not their goal. It's your goal. But if you're patient enough and, and you work with them and they set a goal, that's money in the bank. So may we yeah. all have a terrific school year ahead, and may we learn to set goals and be proactive as parents. We hope to see you again soon, talk again soon, and good luck. 